0: So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to the 20th episode of the Six Figure Product Business Podcast. I love today's episode because we're diving into the world of PR. So public relations is something that I get asked about all the time. How do I get my brand on Oprah? How do I get all these big brand features? And so today we're going to be diving into all that good stuff. We have a PR expert named Delaney Vetter, and she is a communications consultant who specializes in PR and copywriting. She brings her agency and journalism background to companies spanning many industries, from digital entrepreneurs to food and beverage brands, from wellness providers to product-based businesses. She's super passionate about helping businesses show the world how amazing they are through strategic public relations tactics and personality-driven copywriting. All right, guys, this is going to be an amazing episode. So grab your coffee, grab your wine, and let's get started. Hey, Delaney, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. Okay, so I'm so excited to dive into all the things PR, but just to get started, do you want just to tell us a little bit about you and how you got started in PR?
1: Yeah, so my name is Delaney Vetter. I'm a communications consultant and I specialize within communications in PR and copywriting, particularly for female founders. Um, businesses in the wellness space, CPG, food and beverage, those are kind of my bread and butter. And yeah, as far as getting into how this all got started, I studied communications and did a lot of journalism while I was in school, and then went on to be able to work in an agency that really specialized in national food and beverage brands, particularly in the natural food space, also very purpose and mission-driven. So that was kind of what sparked my passion for this type of work and helping businesses grow. And almost a year ago, I'm about on the year mark, I decided to start freelancing and doing this all on my own And since then, things really snowballed and Mm -hmm. in a great way. (laughs) Um, And now I get to work with a bunch of really cool small brands and entrepreneurs who are doing really interesting and innovative things. And yeah, I just am really passionate about helping them grow and using PR and copywriting to tell their story and get in front of the right people. I love it. I think one thing that at least for me,
0: I studied communications in college and I did a lot of PR classes, marketing classes. I think sometimes it can feel when someone's like, I'm a communication specialist. You're like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> um, I know like for me, everyone used to always ask me like, what the heck is communications? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Being in PR and <laughs> media. So it's super fun. Um, So I love that you have that background and what made you kind of want to start freelancing? Just curious.
1: Yeah. So honestly, it all kind of fell in at the time of pandemic season. (laughs) And I was talking to an old coworker of mine and she had a friend who was looking for some support with PR and was like, Hey, what do you want to help her out? And that quickly turned from one client into another client and then referral after referral, it just kind of took off. And then Mm -hmm. in July or August of this year, so, or 2020, I guess I really made the decision of like, Oh, actually like this, this is sustainable. And I really enjoy doing it. And this is more than just this temporary thing or like side gig this could be what I actually do like as a career. So that was kind of the launch point. Um, so I always say I kind of did it accidentally at first, (laughs) but now I can be more intentional about the brands I work with and just like growing my business in that way. Mm um, with PR, do you want to
0: just break it down for us? I think PR, there's a lot of, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. There's like so many thoughts on PR. I think a lot of people get confused as to what it is, like what it isn't. And like, I think a lot of things with PR, people feel can be a little bit sketchy. Do you want to just kind of break down for us? what What is PR?
1: Yeah, so the way I think about PR is that PR is not just like one thing. PR is not publicity. PR is how you get publicity. Um, and I always think of it, I think a lot of people kind of couple together marketing, advertising, and PR as being all in the same
0: mm-hmm.
1: like industry, same like umbrella. But the way I look at it, and everyone kind of has, everyone who works in PR will probably describe it slightly differently. But I look at PR as more of, the, what is the way to put this? Like the combination of communications functions that helps a brand in relation to their customers, in relation to media. Basically PR is relationship building in all the aspects of your business. So with the customer, with competitors, with media and how you fit into that and how you're communicating who you are to your audience. And something else I would also say about it is I think a lot of people think of PR like as the function, like, oh, like I'm going to, I don't know, like I want PR for my business, Mm -hmm. which no, (laughs) you want exposure for your business or you want publicity for your business or you want, you know, an increased customer base or increased sales for your business. Mm -hmm. And PR is, The function and the method in which you do that. Mm. So, I think that's something that I mean, I know that a lot of my friends and people I work with are like, What do you even do every day? And like, What does PR even mean? And I think knowing the difference as PR is not one thing, it's the combination of all these things is really helpful. Um, Yeah. And I think another way to think about it too is like marketing or advertising that's more of like telling people like why they should buy from you or about your new product and things like that. PR is more telling the story behind that and the why. So it's more of like compelling someone to buy from you, not like telling them to buy from you, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
0: Okay, I love it. Yeah, and I agree. I think PR is really misunderstood. (laughs) I know, you know, when I first had my so I used to have a a subscription box business. And, you know, as I was growing it, I was trying to really be um, strategic on the different channels that I was putting my effort into. And I did start to get into PR a bit and try to learn about it. And it's definitely really it can feel a little bit confusing. So I like that, you know, you kind of were talking about it's a lot to do with the story and the exposure of your business that really makes PR. So I like that.
1: Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like without brand awareness, your brand isn't really a brand Mm -hmm. and PR is the way you build that awareness. So that to me is like at the core of it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And with PR, what, like, I know kind of some of the things that people want from PR, but what, like, what do most people want from PR?
1: Yeah. So the way I think about it or the way I talk, to my clients about it, is there are a couple different goals you can have going into outsourcing PR or DIYing your PR yourself. And that's building authority, building credibility, increasing sales, and increasing your audience and, or like customer base, however you want to describe it. But Mm -hmm. to me, those are kind of the four Different angle you can go into PR. Wanting, obviously, there are little nuances here and there. Like you might have a really specific goal for PR, um, or like crisis management and stuff. But we're not going to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, those are the things that are the really measurable and common goals that I see people wanting or needing through PR, even if they can't like verbalize that themselves up front
0: okay that makes sense I like that you're talking about the authority and credibility because I think again just kind of going back to what again I work with a lot of clients who they want they think they want PR but I think they don't even know what it is (laughs) so um they're kind of like I and I I definitely want to talk about this but you know they'll say things like I want to be featured on this big website like brick uh not brick and mortar oh my god um I think you have like Britain Co. or like Oprah or other um, other really big media companies. So I think PR. There's a lot more to it than just getting featured on these specific links. Which you know you talked about brand authority and credibility and like growing your audience. So I think that's really interesting. And then I do have a bunch of questions, but what I want to kind of start with is so my audience is definitely more product based e-commerce subscription box. I kind of want to know what can PR do for that type of business? What can it do or like what can it help them accomplish?
1: Yeah, great question. Um, I, in my opinion, I think product-based businesses are some of the best ones to be implementing PR. Like if any business is going to implement it, it should be a product-based business
0: Mm -hmm.
1: because it's so easy to show what you offer and if you already have a product it means you've already done so much legwork when it comes to your brand story and your brand identity and just who you are in general because you had to like if you're creating a physical product all that stuff goes into it when I as far as branding packaging really all of it. So you already have a leg up than another business. That's maybe a little bit more abstract because you know who you are and you know what you do right off the bat. Maybe not all of them, but it is most have thought about that in some way if they already have a physical product. Um, and as far as things that PR can accomplish for those type of businesses so much, and it really depends what your goals are going in, but what i how i describe it is it's all about getting your product in front of the right people or in the hands of the right people at the right time and like let's say you are i don't know like a cbd company or something like that and you reach out and pitch to all these different wellness magazines right or all these wellness influencers and even if you only hear back from one person like it only takes One of the right type of people at the right time to completely transform your business as far as brand recognition, sales, Mm -hmm. and just like being able to be recognized easily and becoming that go to brand. And I think that's what everyone wants, right? Like you want to be the brand when if someone thinks about, you know, a dog subscription box, they know they're thinking about you. Or if they're thinking about this CBD company or this, cookie company or kombucha company, like you're the one they're thinking about. And so I think that's something for product-based businesses to know is that if that's your goal is to be the go-to and the one that people think about, PR is such an amazing tool to get you there.
0: I agree. And I'm just kind of thinking back to my own business. And, you know, just thinking back to my own business. And then just when I work with clients, and I'm helping them even with website design. So I do a lot of website work with clients and just helping them just to create a better website that will actually convert into sales. And one of the things that for me is a must have for a product business is the section on a website that says, in And those are all the platforms or channels or media outlets that you've been featured on. So I know for my business, um, you know, my business was featured on BuzzFeed, like, I don't know, 15 times, Forbes, Bustle, Modern Dog Magazine, The Dodo, People, uh, lots of different places. And I think when you were talking about one of the PR goals is to help build credibility, I do think that is massively credible. When you can plop that on your website and say, you know, my business has been featured in People or wherever, um, BuzzFeed, Forbes, like those are th- those are places that most people know about. And when they think that you've been featured on any of those, they instantly think that your business is probably better than it actually is. <laughs> um, so I really, really believe in in terms of the credibility part. I think that's massively important because product-based business, your website is your vehicle for sales. And the more that people think you're credible and that you've been featured on places, they're much more likely to buy from you. So I think that's a massive thing just to think about.
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things where, yeah, those are credibility markers, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you were featured in Oprah, even if yes. no one in your target market read that feature in Oprah, mm-hmm. if you can have that on your website of like the Oprah logo, yeah, it's an immediate like psychology in your brain of being like oh well they must be cool if oprah thinks so. <laughs>
0: right. It is. It's 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 crazy how that can work. So, and now even as a consumer, I number one, I'm very aware of all these things and I know when you're building a website and you're a product business, you know, you're putting these things on your website to show credibility, I think the average consumer doesn't think that, but just because I've had a product business I do um but even even so when I'm kind of scrolling through I'm thinking of buying something when I see that featured in section and it has like a few big things my brain instantly is like okay I have to I'm going to buy I have to buy
1: <laughs> um it's funny people trust it already
0: yeah it's just it's really funny how that stuff works so I think with PR I always think of those things I know firsthand how much it really can help you, even if it's just I think there's a lot of factors here. And especially if like if your goal for PR is to get features on those types of publications, um, I know just for a website conversion factor that can help your business so much. I definitely want to talk about other things and like, um, I guess, like tangible outcomes for product business works with a PR agency. But I do know that just from like a website conversion standpoint, PR is huge in terms of getting those big features and then putting those on your website. Massive. So I love that.
1: Absolutely. Press pages are important. Everyone should have one on their website. Yeah.
0: And not even a press page, just like on a, a e-commerce website. If they have like a little on even on their home page, like the a little, yep, a bar that has um, featured in or as seen in and there's a bunch of logos. I mean, that's huge. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so huge for our website conversion. So I love it. Um, I guess in terms of just since we're chatting about this, I'm kind of curious, just when someone is going to work with a PR agency, what kind of outcomes are they? Are they should they expect to get? So is it like, they're going to get a press release or they're going to get featured on a specific type of media website, like a BuzzFeed or Britain Co. Like how does that stuff work? Like what are the outcomes that people will get from an agency?
1: Yeah. So there are different schools of thought when it comes to, right, like deliverables or measurable like outcomes. So something that I one thing i'll say is if an agency promises you a feature it's sketchy like you probably shouldn't work with them because that likely means they're paying for it um okay. that's just a whole different story but um obviously there are exceptions but in the for the most part you should not be paying for features or press unless that is a strategic sponsorship or like advertising move. Mm-hmm. And so what I always do when I'm talking to clients is obviously like I have my like PR Rolodex of contacts that I've worked with before or know and all these different things, journalists, podcast hosts, influencers, what have you. But- PR is not like advertising. It's not something where you can be like, I'm going to buy this ad spot and I know I'm going to be in front of this many people because I know that, you know, whatever, this magazine gets this many readers, X, Y, Z. So PR is definitely not as much of like an algorithm as some other forms of marketing or things like that. But what I always tell clients is you... It's all about timing and it's all about getting that right person at the right time. There are things that I know from doing what I do that make it more likely for someone to get featured or make it more likely for someone to get a yes, they can send product to someone to try. However, it's never a guarantee. And any agency or person that guarantees you a certain amount of press or a certain amount of XYZ, I would always just like take and really think about why they are saying that to you. Because what I'll always say is, hey, like this is what we're going to do to get you to where you want to be. I know that if we put in all this work, our likelihood of a return is really high, but I'm not going to promise you I can get you an Oprah on our first pitch. And I'm not going to promise you I'm going to you know, get this influencer to post you on her story for free (laughs) because I don't have control over that outcome. But I do know how to make those outcomes more likely. So I think, as far as what people can expect, you should be able to see some growth. If you are paying for PR, an agency or an independent person, whatever, you should see some sort of result after your time together. Let's say you do a three month package, you should see some sorts of features or some growth in sales or increased website traffic. Like there's different. Measurable things that I'll look for, um, and those are things that I'll put together at the beginning of a project. i be like, okay, well, for you, a really big goal is just credibility. Like, we're going to look at your inquiries. Are your inquiries going higher to work with you? If it's a service-based business, or are your sales increasing month over month, and things like that? And so, I think it's important to. Not have expectations that are, I guess, like unnecessarily specific or mm-hmm. out of control, but to also mm-hmm. know that you should be seeing results if you're working with the right contacts or the right magazines or the right podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the key there is it's about the right ones because just because it's a big one doesn't always mean that it's the right one for you. Um but we can talk about that later. <laughs>
0: okay. No, I love that. I And thank you for kind of breaking that down. I think um, I'm always, again, I've never worked with a PR agency. I know, you know a bit about PR, but I think it's super interesting um, as someone who is very obsessed with Google, like showing up on Google organically, getting backlinks from other companies, getting features on blogs. Like for me, that is my that's my jam. I love it. I love organic growth for a business. So I know like that one angle of PR would be awesome just to get those backlinks, get features on different blogs and, and you know media companies and things like that. I honestly never even thought of the influencer angle or the, what was the other one you said? Influencer and, oh, podcast. Yeah. I never even kind of connected the dots that that could be a PR initiative as well. So that's, that's awesome. Could you talk a little bit about that a little bit more?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Obviously, like I think of, you know, magazines, media companies, kind of digital publications as more of like old school PR. Uh-huh. I still do it all the time because it's still like very powerful, especially with all of these really cool magazines going digital. Um, but in the last several years, influencer and podcasts have really kind of taken the lead in some ways because they're just so it's a much faster return, right? Like it's not like, let's say you're a food company and Bon Appetit wants to run a story about you. It's not like they want to run a story, but then that story doesn't actually publish for three months, you know? And like, there are different circumstances, but if it's an influencer and you gift them product, they're probably going to, if they're going to post about it, they're going to post about it on their stories that day or that week. And so there's a little bit of that quicker turnover. And from a consumer standpoint, and all of this really depends on like your specific product and your specific target market. But if you find an influencer that's target audience or that's audience matches what your target market is, and you can get your product in their hands or on their feed or on their Instagram story, that's like invaluable because You're not only getting your product in front of those people, but you're getting it in front of people who already trust that person's opinion. Uh And that is just makes a huge difference because there is a level of credibility that comes with the publications and things like that as well. But I do think there's like a little bit of anonymity with that, right? Like you might not know the writer who wrote that story for Oprah or for Bon Appetit, but you, you know, watch this influencer stories every day and you like know how many dogs they have and what their kids names are and like Mm -hmm. it's just more personal
0: right yeah no i agree do you recommend i mean kind of a combination of all those things like if someone wants more publicity they want more exposure i think in the end like any product business will always want to increase sales um, Is it one of those things where if they did work with an agency, they can kind of potentially get maybe working with some influencers and getting some features potentially? Or is it is it sort of nowadays maybe the influencers are a bit more popular, I guess?
1: So it totally depends on your business so and the agency because there are some agencies oh. that don't do influencers. And there are some oh, agencies part. that are only influencer agencies. Sorry. I do – the agency that I worked at did all – all the above. And I do all the above because I think you just need all of them. And how I kind of break it down, like for instance, a service-based provider or like person is probably not going to be as likely to benefit from influencer. And it's harder because it's not as tangible. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, if they have a really interesting, like business story that might be a good fit for like an entrepreneur, or like some sort of business-focused magazine, or like a business-focused podcast. But a product-based business, um, like one of the clients I'm working with right now is a like how to? Oh my gosh, I didn't describe it in a good way. I just blanked out. Anyway, a current client of mine is a plant-based beverage company, oh, and cool. yeah, and so that's a refrigerated product. So. Yeah it's a little bit trickier in some ways when it comes to shipping because you can't just um, like cold ship. And a lot of agencies will do that. Like they'll find a contact, they'll find an address of a publication with COVID. It's a little bit dicier now. (laughs) You have to be a little bit more careful, Um, but we have to be a little bit more intentional about like who we're reaching out to and knowing, okay, this is not something where it's just, oh, we're going to send you this, you know, $10 bag of granola. It's like, okay, this is a luxury premium product and we need to find influencers that's audience can pay for this product and wants this product. And it's just a very different thing to think about, but for this client. So like I'll do publications and influencer, and we'll probably do some podcasts as well, but then some clients might not like talking. Like they might not be as comfortable on podcasts or they might not want to be like front facing in their business as much. So a podcast might not be the right fit, but getting featured or getting their product featured in a magazine or in a roundup or in a gift guide might be absolutely perfect. So that's something that in those initial calls with the client, I'll talk to them about of what are some things that you actually want? And then I'll kind of make the formula, if you will, for how we're going to get there. And that might be, okay, this month we're going to pitch 75% influencers, 25% publications, or maybe it's 50-50. Maybe there's you know a third podcast, a third influencer, a third more like publication type of stuff. So it really just depends on goals, but I like using all three because I think they just do different things for you. Okay. Yeah, I think that makes
0: that makes sense. And I like that it's more of a holistic approach and not just one thing that might be a little bit outdated or, you know, like you said, some people don't like podcasts. I mean, I love them. I think a lot of people love consuming them, but I think people can also be really shy. So that might not be their thing. So I think that's awesome. And I just have one question. So I, for my business, I did not get a lot of features. I mean, I got some. I, I won't say that I didn't get any. I always got a lot of features. My Branding for my business was was really great and like I had beautiful packaging and just, I did well on that front. When I joined, when I started an affiliate program, that is, I will 100% say that was a defining moment in my business when it definitely started to take off. How does having an affiliate program help maybe someone that works with you, they're like, you know, I want to get features. I want to be on these types of publications. I would love to be in a podcast. How does having an affiliate program help? How does it help? I don't know. Like an affiliate program, just for anyone listening, is essentially um, affiliates like bloggers or really anyone can be an affiliate and they promote a product. And then if someone buys, they get commission for that sale. So, how does having an affiliate program as a product business? How does that help them in terms of working with a PR agency?
1: Yeah. So, I think affiliate programs really fall under the influencer side of things okay. a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, some agencies will call them like ambassador programs too, where like, yeah, if you use mm-hmm. this person's code, you get you get a discount, yeah. and then they get a little payback too. Yeah. Um and Yeah. It's similar to kind of what I mentioned about the influencer side of things. If people already trust that person, even if they know it's like a kind of more of a paid partnership deal, if it's an influencer or like a blogger or just, you know, more of a public figure that has a lot of respect and trust from their audience, Mm -hmm. you just don't need as many touch points. Right. Like I think I don't know where I read this, but there's something where like you need 10 points of contact or something like that to get a sale or something crazy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably know, um, yeah. <laughs> but with an influencer in my experience and my opinion, that cuts that in half um, because they already trust that person. So seeing it from you, they just need less convincing essentially because they mm-hmm. already go, Oh, well, if, you know, so-and-so loves this subscription box for her dog, that's a great idea. I should buy that for mine or I should buy that for my sister because she has a cute dog who needs these toys too or whatever. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. No, I, and I totally agree with influencer marketing is definitely one of the things that I love helping clients with because I do believe that, it is a marketing channel that, number one, doesn't take a lot of your energy as a business owner, like the other person's doing the work for you. And two, you do get that quick sale because, again, like exactly how you just framed it, there's much less touch points. Someone doesn't have to see your website, look on your Instagram, read your blog post, listen to this, and then maybe buy from you. Like they do trust that person and they they instantly, their mind gets influenced to actually make the purchase. Um,
1: I do it all the time. Like, I feel like I'm a pretty conscious consumer. But yeah, like this morning, the sweater that I've looked at for months and thinking about a blogger that I love posted about it and talked about how great it was. Now she's had it for five years. And I was like, well, guess what I'm buying later today?
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's funny how we we really, I, I, I would say I'm a conscious consumer as well. But I do notice sometimes if I see something and it's someone that I like, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I need to get that skincare or like, oh yeah, I need to get I need to get that facial oil. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Um but when it comes to like an actual brand, so I have an so like I have a subscription box business. I have an affiliate program. Is it easier for those people because they already have a payment thing in place, like a payment incentive? Um is it easier for them to get features or to get these relationships with like either influencers or even the media publications?
1: Sometimes, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying, but yeah, but there are some publications that, yeah, if you send them your pitch and in there you say, also, we have this code that if you'll buy from your link on the article, you get XYZ. Mm -hmm. I do think that's enticing, especially maybe not for a really big influencer who's like, no, I only do paid, like, you know, paid partnerships for X thousand dollars, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but for a media company, if they already like what you're offering, that could be the difference between you and someone else. Like, let's say there was two subscription boxes. Mm-hmm. Both have very similar products and audience and whatever. And if one has some sort of affiliate program that will help out that publication, that could be a, a determining factor. Um No, actually, I don't think any of the brands that I've worked with for my own business have had affiliate programs just because a lot of them Mm -hmm. have been pretty early on and just going more organically in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, or maybe that just didn't fit their model. Um, but yeah, I do think if you have it in place, definitely to use it to your advantage, especially when you're pitching or when you're having an agency pitch for you Mm -hmm. because it is valuable.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. I found that, I mean, my business really grew when I started really implementing SEO strategies, um, blogging to get organic growth on Google. But I think a game changer was when I had the affiliate program and I would pitch like people like BuzzFeed. And even though I, I had no idea what the hell I was doing, I was like, all right, I have to like learn the basics of yeah, like learning the basics of PR, but also leveraging my affiliate program and just pitching people and like trying to build these like negotiating like okay um, so subscription boxes for example um, a lot of subscription boxes are on this platform called crate joy which is where my business was and crate joy are masters at pr and affiliate programs they partner with everyone absolutely everyone and basically you have to like negotiate with <laughs> you have to like negotiate with like buzzfeed and um, all these people and be, like okay i'm going to give you more commission if you push the Link to my website and not Create Joy. So I used to get into these like crazy negotiations with companies just being like, okay, I'll match Create Joy, or I'll like, I'll give you a little bit more than Create Joy. Um, it was so funny, but it it was, it was effective. And in the end, I'm like, okay, my entire business strategy is on organic growth. I did no ads, like literally no ads for my business. Everything was organic. But when it came to affiliate marketing, I was kind of like, you know, this is a customer acquisition strategy. And like, I need to get these backlinks. Like I, know, I want BuzzFeed to feature me not pushing my stuff to create joy because then Cratejoy takes a percentage of the sale because I'm on their platform. So it's, it's just funny. It's one of those things where you have to kind of um, be a bit creative and be a bit aggressive, but it does work. I mean, like so many times I was featured on different websites like there's one I forget his name but he does a lot of pet industry blogging and a lot of like you know best dog subscription boxes best dog toys and I would get tons of traffic from that one link and so basically when I when I realized I'm getting a lot of traffic from this guy reach out to him and I was like all right what do I have like how much I have an affiliate program. Here's a link. Please sign up. But two, like, how do I get on your number one or number two spot so I can get above Barkbox and these other people? <laughs> and you have to, like, negotiate with them. And I did. He, he said, you know, this is how much commission I need to get. And it wasn't like it wasn't anything crazy. It was a little bit more than I was currently offering. But it was because I think people don't negotiate with that. And of course, I am like, I literally had no budget. I was like, I have to be a shark. I have to be creative. I have to like figure out how I can get on all these like websites and backlinks and beat everyone else. And it, I don't think other people do that. And so he was like, yeah, sure. And so he, I was He put me on the number two spot under Barkbox, and like instantly my traffic quadrupled. I got so much business from this one blog post. So, well, and I
1: think that's something to think about as a consumer, too, of like, and we can talk about that later, but I do think there's so much negotiation that can go on behind the scenes. And so, that's also like, I always want people to take things with a grain of salt because, right, like there could be a list of like, you know, top 10 CBD companies. And yeah, there could be something behind the scenes that maybe that maybe those ones aren't the best or maybe they are. Maybe that big brand isn't the best one, but they're just getting paid more. Yeah. uh, Always interesting.
0: I think about that every time I see any of those like top 10 of this or like best of this. I'm like, okay, how many of these are actually true? (laughs) Um, You know, it always depends on the on the. The actual blogger as well. I think a lot of them are very credible, but in the end, like they, that's their business. They have to get paid, and I and I am fully on board with that. So I love it.
1: <laughs> Same with influencers too. Like I, I did a post about this on my Instagram a couple days ago, where maybe it was a week ago. I don't know. Everything blurs together. Um, oh. probably a couple weeks ago at this point when this will go live. But um, about like working with influencers, and I. I understand that brands struggle with, you know, paying money for a feature. Mm -hmm. I always tell my, the brands that I work with, let's not do that right now. Like maybe later there's a good partnership, but right now, like you don't need to pay for press. Like you don't need to pay for the influencer X, Y, Z. However, what really is something that I'm like, you gotta remember is that, yeah, like these influencers, these bloggers, or whatever, like this is their business. Uh-huh. Just because it's not the right fit for you right now, or just because you don't have the budget right now, doesn't mean that that's actually not worth that. Because I know that those are that feature is actually worth a ton as far as sales or recognition or exposure, whatever. Um, And yeah, they deserve to be paid for their work and they deserve to be compensated for the time that goes in the content creation takes forever like you know this yeah. um and especially if that content creation is on behalf of someone else um and there's always a risk there you know there's always a risk that your audience might not like that or might be like oh she sold out cuz she got sponsored for this thing and so i think it's important for brands to remember that like there is value there and i think a ton of brands are like oh we'll give you product in exchange for a feature Uh And that's just not how the industry works. Like no one, if someone came up to me and was like, Delaney, we'll send you a box of cookies in exchange for PR services. I'd be like, um, who do you think you're talking to? Like, no, that's not how business works. And so I think it's important to remember that the influencer world, even though it can seem, if you're not in it or not working with it as like, oh, like whatever, they're just posting pretty pictures. It is a real business. And so to remember that too.
0: Yeah. I'm laughing too because the <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I literally tell everyone I work with, I'm like, don't pay for an influencer. <laughs> I'm like, don't pay. Just work with small people and then you can just give free product. Um, yeah, and I, don't
1: I think, think, like, too.
0: yeah. I think at a time like you can't work with someone that has, um, like, people come to me and they're like, okay. I, I want to do influencer marketing, but I don't know what to do. So I kind of like help walk them through that. Um, and I'm like, you're a new business. You can't afford. No, no, don't don't choose the person that's charging you $10,000 for one post. So I was like, find someone with a small audience and engage audience and try to work in exchange for product. And then as you grow, you can work with people that will charge you. But like for my business, you know, and I always tell people things that worked for my business. I don't, I'm not like, you know, yes, you should work. You should pay people because for my business, I did work with a ton of influencers and I didn't pay for anything. And while that isn't always going to be the case, I think as I grew my business, yeah, sure. I probably should have paid people, but they didn't require it. And I had an affiliate program. So I really leveraged that aff- thing
1: in it mm-hmm. for them.
0: And I think that's yeah. Yeah, but I was just when you were talking about the cookies I was cracking up laughing cuz on on, like, on the flip side like a service business people do that to me all the time and I get friggin' pissed. I'm like, "No, I'm not going to give you free coaching in exchange for your like product." No, like no. And honestly, at this point it I think it's I do think it's a similar thing. I think with a product business because it is I don't know. I feel like I know what you're saying and I agree with you. I think for a service-based business, like you're stealing, not stealing, like you're taking someone's time and like years of experience and knowledge and asking to get it in exchange for a product. And I think it's really crap. I get really pissed. Um, So I guess... I maybe always shouldn't tell people that they should ask for product for free, but um, I don't know. I feel like there's some difference because.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a gray area. And I think something that I always think about and like there's influencers that like I know more personally that like I'll talk to about like, what do you actually look for? Like, what isn't it for you? And I was talking to this one influencer who's just so amazing and very like on top of like ethical influencership. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And. I was just having like a little coffee chat with her, just kind of picking her brain about some ways the industry is going and what her thoughts are. And something that I was talking about was like, hey, like how do you feel when companies come to you and don't have a budget? Because there are some influencers who will be like, no, I only do this, like don't even bother, which is I fine, it's their business, they can run it how they want to. Um, and she was saying, she was like, no, like if there is a brand, like for instance, like the almond milk company that I'm working with, Like, let's say they are like, okay, we don't have a budget right now to like pay for this post or to pay for this story, but we can send product just for them to try. And what I always stress is there has to be some sort of mutual value proposition there. Mm -hmm. If it's just helping you, that's not going to work because there's no incentive for them to post about you. If it doesn't align with their audience, if it's not something they would use or buy in real life, X, Y, Z. And so something that I always do is, and I'm always very transparent about this when I'm pitching or when I'm working with influencers, because it really is important to me. is being like, Hey, we'd love to send you this product to try and see what you think. Never. And this is just, this is more of a personal, like ethical PR thing for me, but, um, Um. I'll never say like, you're required to post about this product because first, like it also, there's just like weird stuff with, you're not paying for it of like how you actually enforce that type of deal. But I'm always very clear, like, and it's very cute because I had an influencer the other day where I was like, Hey, we'd love to send you some to try. And she was like, Oh, I'd love to try some. Like, I can't guarantee like a post about it, but like, I'll try to post on my stories. Like if I like it, and I was like, oh no, of course there's never any obligation mm-hmm. because, and this is how my client, my client talked about it. She's like, I don't want people to talk about my brand if they actually don't like it. And yeah. which I think is a hard thing to come to terms with of like, no, of course you want all the exposure of course you want all the thing. But like, if someone doesn't like it, that's not authentic to you. That's not authentic to them. Mm. And it, at the end of the day, like I think consumers are just so smart now and they see right through that kind of stuff a lot. Yes, um, totally. So I think it's important to just find people like influencer in, in the still on the influencer side of things, but find influencers who really align with you, who would buy your product anyway. So getting to try it or getting to have some samples is just going to be exciting and fun for them. And then they're probably gonna post about it. Every single we sent out um, four packages this week, I think, for this brand I'm working with, of just like influencer gifting, and every single one posted about it organically on their own Instagram because they loved the packaging oh. and they really enjoyed the product. And to me, like that sort of earned coverage. And not just to me, to like the industry in general is like so valuable because you did not, the only cost to you was the cost of your product and the cost of shipping. Mm -hmm. Um, And I guess the cost of me for pitching them, (laughs) but regardless, if you're doing it yourself, like that's, your costs are so low and that feature, even if it's just like two slides on their Instagram story, that can make an incredible difference Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: your business So I think that's something important to think about too.
0: No, I love that. And I think it's, I think, and I agree with you about the consumers seeing through authenticity and like, I think it's true. I mean, I think people really do. And I think people are much more aware now of being sold to and like what seems real. And I think like, I have to ask one more question, but I have to also say this one, one thing just because we're talking about authenticity, but like, you know, you see all the, the, especially on Instagram, like Instagram, the paid partnership posts. And it's like someone who maybe it's like a health brand or like they're all about being healthy and then they have this weird paid promotion where they're working with a company that is completely off brand. Like it does not relate. And it's like something that's super unhealthy, but you know, they're probably getting paid like a shitload of money. And like that for me, the second I start to see those on, especially on Instagram, um, you know, feeds, I'm kind of like, ugh, like I just this person is just a sellout. So one part of me is like, okay, well, they need to make money. I get it. Like they're a hustler. I love that. But it it starts to feel super fake. And I think that's when they really lose trust of their audience, which, you know, isn't going to end up doing them any favors. So it's it's hard. <laughs>
1: It's the detox tea, skinny tea, sugar oh bear hair God. situation. Yes.
0: yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Like the waist trainers, the friggin' sugar bear hair with the teen mom people. Oh my God.
1: And it's I it's can't. just one of those things. Like so well, bad. And that's the thing. Like for me, like the people that I follow, the influencers I follow, the bloggers I follow, I follow them because I trust them. And one thing I love that one of the influencers I follow, her name is Jess Keys she's the coolest. Um, but she posts a lot about like the behind the scenes of influencer work. And she has like more of like a style lifestyle blogger type person. And she got approached by Walmart. I think it was like last year to do an ad with them. And she posted this thing of being like, Hey guys, like I don't shop at Walmart. And I don't think a lot of you all shop at Walmart, but this is a really big promotion. And I really do like some of the products in this, you know, collection that they're offering. How would you all feel about that? Because if you all think that this is not a good fit, I will say no. And that like level of like radical transparency, I thought was so refreshing because it's like, hey, like this money is like really good and like could make a really big difference in my life and my family. Uh But if you guys are not going to be here for it and you're going to think less of me, I'll find something else.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And pe- it, people know, I mean, if you promote a, a product that does not align with your brand or your messaging or like what you stand for, I do think it it's it has to be more about money, you know, because in the end, like if you have an engaged audience that trusts you and will buy other things that you're selling, you know, it will work better. But I think I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts, um, but I it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. I um, I have one more question. I know we're, we're running out of time. Okay. My last question is, I mean, I have like 10 questions here, but I have to ask because I think people ask me this all the time. How does someone, <laughs> this might be a trick, this feels like a trick question, but I'm going to ask it. How does someone that doesn't have a budget, okay. I'm going to ask you this in two different ways. One, someone wants to be featured on someone like Oprah or one of these huge platforms. How does that happen? Yeah. Especially if they don't have a budget. So that might be a trick question. So let's pretend they have a budget or they don't. How the heck does someone get on one of these magazines or, you know, websites like an Oprah?
1: So, I'll kind of answer this as far as like they don't have a budget as far as like <laughs> sponsoring, but maybe they have a budget for like working with a PR agency. So if they have that, or we're like a PR person, Uh then what, for instance, like if someone came to me and they're like, my biggest dream Delaney is to be featured in Oprah. I'd be like, cool. Got it. Noted. That's on the PR plan that that's a big goal for you. So what I'll do, I'm never going to put all my eggs in that basket because I know how competitive that platform is. And you could say that of pretty much any of like the top tier magazines or publications. But then when I'm building that strategy, I'm always having in mind that Oprah is the ultimate goal, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: whether or not I'm pitching Oprah every two weeks, maybe I am, maybe I'm pitching a different contact. Maybe I'm just following up with the same contact pretty often, but I'm researching to find the perfect person to reach out to. Like, I'm not just, this is a big mistake people make, they'll just find the first you know, journalist or editor that comes up when they like look up like Oprah's website. And if that's a writer that only covers interior design and you're like a mom subscription box, that's not going to work for you. Like that writer is not going to respond to you. They're not going to take the time to forward it to someone else. They're going to be like, well, this person clearly did not do their research. So they're not worth the second thought. But I always think of it as like the long game, (laughs) like Mm -hmm. there, there are some companies like they could pitch Oprah and get featured that day that happens. But also like, that could be like, you could be spending months working to get that. And also during that time, pitching to other publications that have a similar audience base. Like, okay, we're going to pitch some editors at Real Simple. We're going to pitch some editors at Southern Living because we want to start being seen in the same crowd as the ones that are featured in Oprah. And so that's something I always also caution my clients out too is like, but why? Like, why is Oprah the one you want to be featured in? Is it just because of the name, like, is it just because it's Oprah, or do you know that that's where your target audience is hanging out? Because mm-hmm. there's a difference, and I think I'll never tell someone like, "No, I'm never going to get you in there." But like, friends and a client of mine really wants to be featured in Goop, and like, Goop is a similar level of like exclusivity. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to keep trying to get them into Goop, and in the meantime. I'm going to get them featured by influencers who have connections with Goop or magazines that are similar in audience and in content to Goop. So that when the day comes, when Goop is like, absolutely, we want to try your product or absolutely want to feature your product. There's just no question. It's like, oh, we see you got featured in XYZ. That's so amazing. We want to feature you too. So that was a very long winded way of saying it, but yeah, you don't have to pay for that, but you just have to like be really diligent and patient uh-huh. and know that it's just all about the timing. Like it's about that editor who was thinking about writing a piece on subscription boxes and your email lands in their inbox that day, or you are just in contact with them so many times that even if they don't have a fit for you right now in three months, When they're getting ready for their holiday issue and they're thinking about gifts for dog lovers, you are the one they think about. And I think that's key is like just become top of mind, like keep yourself on their radar. And it it will pay off (laughs) eventually for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I do get a lot of people that have these aspirations to be on some of these big you know, features. And I know I did for my business, too. I. Definitely was reaching out to people. I remember I sent Britain Co. like multiple boxes, just just in case. Like I, that was my big, that was my big like aspiration. I want to be on Britain Co. So um, it didn't happen, but that's okay. Um, I think you gotta gotta try what you you can. But um, yeah,
1: sometimes it's just not the right fit. And I think, yeah. and it just because it's not the right fit now doesn't mean it won't be the right fit down the line. And I've had many editors or writers like right back on a pitch and be like, oh, actually like this isn't a fit right now, but can you follow up with me in February? Or can you follow up with me in April? And that's like, I think something, it's just about reframing it. Like that's not a negative thing. That's positive because that means they want to hear from you again. And it means they are interested. It's just not a fit at that time. And like, I've worked in newsrooms, like editorial calendars are no joke (laughs) and not everyone has a say in what's going in that issue. And Things in the journalism world are changing so much that it's just there's no guarantees and you just have to be patient and keep working at it. And yeah, eventually things will fall into place for you, even if it's not the exact thing you thought it was going to be.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I agree with you. And I think sometimes, you know, it's always important to think about your audience and your goals and not be kind of blindsided, but not blindsided, but like, you know, we always think of these cool places we want to be featured, but like maybe our audience actually doesn't care about those. That's just our thing. And that's so important to always consider. So I love that.
1: Forget about the little guys. Sometimes those are the ones that actually can make the biggest difference for you because they have like a really (coughs) niche, engaged audience, you know?
0: I agree. Oh, I love it. Well, this was amazing. Um, I feel like I learned so much from this podcast and I know my audience will be obsessed. So as we wrap up, do you want to just tell everyone where they can find you? So social media, website, and then what types of services or offers do you have?
1: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun just to chit chat mm-hmm. all of things PR. I could go love on. It. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. My account is DelaneyVetterCom. C O M M. Uh, I post a lot about PR and copywriting and just general kind of FAQs about that stuff, little tips and tricks and advice that I have, or things that are no nos or things that you should do. And then my website is just delaneyvetter.com. You can reach out to me in my DMs or on my website. That's totally fine if you have any questions. And yeah, as far as ways you can work with me. So I have copywriting and PR packages and retainers separately or together. Some clients do both. Some clients do one or the other. Um, On the copywriting side, that's like website, copy, blog, social, email, content, that sort of thing. Um, And then PR, I have packages of all different sizes. So depending on if you are just Just getting ready to launch and just need a little bit of help, or if you're really gung ho about going full on to get into all these publications and influencer stuff and podcasts, stuff like that as well. And then I also have a 90 minute intensive strategy session, which is perfect if you are not quite sure if you're ready to do done for you in the PR or copy world, but really just want like an expert set of eyes on what you're doing and just to borrow my brain essentially for an hour and a half. Um, And that's where we can also kind of talk about PR angles, PR messaging, pitch strategies, all the fun stuff too. So yeah, that's how you can work with me. Um, I also have a newsletter for people in the food industry, but it's honestly just fun for anyone for like entrepreneurs um, that you can subscribe to in my Instagram bio. Ooh, that sounds
0: awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Again, this was amazing. And I'm so excited for this episode. I think people are going to absolutely love it. So thank you so much, Delaney.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Wow, that was such a great episode. I feel like I learned so much about PRs. So I can imagine how much everyone else listening learned a thing or two. So if you did learn something today and you like this episode, please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on Apple Podcast love reviews. I do a happy dance every time I get one. And I'd love to know what you're liking about the podcast, what episodes you're liking and what I can create more of. So definitely leave me a review and let me know. This episode is brought to you by my group coaching program, the Marketing Accelerator. This is my signature 12-week group coaching program that teaches you how to implement three key areas of marketing into your product business to skyrocket your sales. These include Instagram, Instagram, email marketing, and working with influencers. So if you want to be part of an amazing program that will help transform your business and increase your sales, click the link in the show notes and you can apply today. We start next month in April. All right, guys, see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you love this episode, please go ahead and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and then take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me in it at Carrie A. Fitzgerald. My name is in the show notes. Thank you so much and I'll see you guys next week.